Hello and welcome to the Locust and Honey Podcast. We are two Reformed Southern Baptists who desire to speak the truth of the gospel to the heart of the culture. We are also proud members of the Bar Network, which stands for Biblical and Reformed Network. If you would like to support our growing podcast, you can do so several ways. One, you can leave us a comment and share our podcast on your social media. Two, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And three, you can follow the link in our show notes to find all of the other ways that you can support us and connect with us. Matthew 6, starting in verse 19. Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For your treasure, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Well, hello and welcome back to the Locust Honey Podcast. My name is Matt. And I'm Andrew. And today is episode 50. Fifty's a lot. It's a lot of episodes. Yeah. It's and, half uh, of a hundred. It's half of a hundred. And today we're going to be talking about biblical finances. Mm. Mm. It's tax season. It is. <laughs> so we're here to talk about your taxes. So we're here to talk about that money. <laughs> and um, yeah, so we just want to look at it from a biblical perspective. What does the Bible say about wealth? What does it say about money? What does it say about all of these things. Yep. Before we get into that, though, man, let's uh, affirm some stuff and deny some stuff. You want to go right. first? Yeah. My right. affirmation is going to be, I guess, kind of um, not necessarily the most spiritual thing, but... Oh, no. Baseball is upon us. <laughs> Just kidding. No, that's a happy thing because... We like baseball. Yes. And the boys are about to start playing baseball, and the boys meaning Matt's sons, my nephews. That's true. The boys. The boys. Um, All the boys. Yeah. Yeah. All the boys. But my sons, too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, of course. Ezra's on the athletics. Mm -hmm. Elijah's on the Braves. Yep. Coming in hot. That's right. But baseball is always a fun time for us as a family because... We get together a lot during baseball season. As we said, Matt's sons, so my nephews, play baseball. Last year I helped coach them. That was really fun. Um, My wife and I don't have kids yet, so we basically just live vicariously through (laughs) our nephews. And so um, we... uh, It's just a fun time. Not just because, you know, baseball is fun, but because, like, I feel like during this period of time our family gets together a lot and... um, just has a good time talking about what the boys are doing and what you know is going on on the field and just the league and just all that stuff. Sometimes it can be kind of frustrating, 
but it's always fun. So, and then after that, the Braves are going to start, and that's going to be fun. And then it's just, it's a good time. It's a good yeah. time. So, it is upon us. Practice it's is exciting. Elijah's first practice is Saturday, as yeah. is Monday. So, getting back into it. We've had uh, some good downtime, which has been nice. Yeah. But, um, yeah, getting ready for it. All right. So, I'm going to affirm the Locust and Honey podcast. Okay. <laughs> uh, we had talked about, what was it, two episodes ago? When we came back from our hiatus, mm. um, we talked about, you know, making um, for the new year and, and having these different, um, my mind went blank. What's the word? Ideas? No. Like when you want to start doing... Oh, resolution? Yeah, resolving yeah. different things. And... Uh, I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> that was weird. All right. And so as I have been just kind of looking at our podcast and what we're doing and what can we do better, one of the things that me and you have talked about wanting to do is getting video out there, being on YouTube, and allowing that to be just another way that we can get our content out to people. So um, we're looking at doing that this year. And... Yeah, it'll be yeah. cool. <laughs> it'll be good. It'll be good. Hopefully, we'll we'll uh, be able to do that, and it'll be a, a blessing to everyone who listens. And recently heard a podcast, our... um, Jeff Durbin's podcast, Apologia Radio, I think is what they call it. But they were talking about starting a online ministry or starting a YouTube channel or things like that. And one of the things that he was saying was you can want to have a standard to where it sounds good and when you do video where it looks good, all that stuff. But more importantly is just doing it and then yeah. learning, which is that's what we're doing here. And and ultimately we're not looking for some crazy successful podcast. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? We're not trying to be the the number one podcast in the world. Because the gospel is divisive, and, right. and we understand that. Um, but we just want to be faithful with doing what we feel like the Lord's leading us to. And I do think that being on YouTube would get more people to to see it uh, than before not being on YouTube. So, yeah. um, Well, we could do more stuff like reaction videos and like, you know. Um, just reacting to things you might see on like TikTok and stuff like that. It, yeah. it's a way to engage the culture, engage the more. culture more. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but that's something that we're looking at doing this year, uh, hopefully implementing it fairly soon. And, um, so yeah, I'm excited about that. Uh, that's my affirmation. All right. Yeah. Well, it's time to deny things. Let's do it. All right. Um, so if anyone who has followed like conservative um media in the past like six seven years you might know who the group daily wire is um and they they basically for the past like i don't know i don't know when they started maybe it's closer to 10 years ago i don't know they've been pushing out a lot of like conservative well, daily wire is ben shapiro's show. right so yeah if you know who ben shapiro is that's like his his thing. He's a co-founder of that company. They actually have their own, like they're, they're, they're technically kind of like a news outlet, but also they are a opinion thing. Um, that's like a media stream. Well, now they actually are doing, 
I'm not going to deny Daily Wire because I think what they're doing is good. But what I will deny is um, Christians thinking that everything that Daily Wire... So Daily Wire is not a ministry. <laughs> right. Right. Daily Wire is not um, necessarily going to give you the biblical outlook on everything. Yeah. Um, and one of the ways that that kind of comes out is... Not that it comes out, but like, and I, I hesitate to even bring up this situation with regards to Daily Wire because I'm not trying to deny them. And really, in this situation, they weren't at fault. But what it illustrates is kind of how conservatism, you can think that it is completely hand in hand with scripture and biblical worldview stuff and things right. like that, but it's not necessarily. So there's this whole like upheaval right now about this guy named, um, goodness gracious, Stephen Crowder. And change my mind, change my mind guy. Yeah. So he is a professing Christian. Um, I I mean, a professing Catholic, I think, but I don't know. I don't know if he's probably a Catholic Catholic, actually. Anyway, I might be getting him mixed up with someone else, but I know that he is a professing Christian. Um, is a Catholic or Christian? Oh, there's a whole, there's a whole episode right there. Um, no (laughs) episode done. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, he got into this dispute with Daily Wire because Daily Wire was going to hire him and bring him on. And they were going to hire him for like, what was it like? It was like $20 million a year mm-hmm. to produce content because he's such a big YouTube crea- content right. creator and stuff. Well, he gets into this whole dispute with Daily Wire and he goes about the whole thing completely horribly. Like right. he he taps into a, a phone call that Daily Wire is having, or records a phone call he's having with Daily Wire and like publishes that out when that was supposed to be a confidential phone call. And so then there's just, it has been a whole thing. But yeah. what it illustrates, I think, is the danger of Christians putting all of their eggs for political thought in that basket. Right. We as Christians are not called to follow conservatism. We are called to follow scripture. Yeah. Now, right now, conservatism happens to line up more with scripture than liberalism does. Right. But at the end of the day, we are called to submit to scripture. Yeah. Because as Christians, like I I listened, I be honest, I do listen to Ben Shapiro a lot to simply keep up with what's going on. He does a good job mm-hmm. of taking a bunch of different news stories and presenting it to you so you have an idea of what's happening. But at the end of the day, I take what he says with a grain of salt because He's some Jewish. stuff he says is good mm-hmm. and like I would agree with biblically, but then some stuff he says is not, you know? Well, and, and so I, I you've got to be able to think clearly with right. scripture in mind to be able to sift your way through that. You and know? when you're Identifying as a conservative, I think the biggest question you need to ask is, what are you conserving? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So if I'm a Christian and I am a Christian conservative, um, then what am I trying to conserve? Right. You know, and if it's uh, that we're a nation founded on biblical principles and um, our structure, our laws, our families, our definitions of things are set up biblically. I want to conserve that. That's a good thing. Mm -hmm. But if I'm just trying to conserve, um, a a particular way of life, uh, apart from God, it's not beneficial or helpful. You know what I mean? So like one of my biggest things with Ben Shapiro specifically, or the daily wire as a, a news organization is they'll tackle 
transgenderism, mm-hmm. but they don't touch homosexuality. Right. And, um, and, and that's part of what they've decided, right. you know, they're not going to get into the homosexual debate, uh, but they will tackle transgender. And, um, but that goes back to what am I conserving? There are conservatives who are homosexual, right. you know, there's a, we've talked about this before, but there's, there's a, a large group of people that give a lot of money to the conservative parties, um, that are homosexual. And so, you know, when you start speaking up on God's word, if that's the standard and that's what I'm trying to conserve, um, mm-hmm. And I'm willing to spend myself for the purpose of that being conserved for my kids and grandkids. Right. You know, then I'm going to tackle all of the issues that don't stand up to scripture. Right. But if, um, you know, I'm just trying to be a, a make Republicans great again. Right. Then, then I'm going to tackle the hot button issues, but not leave the stuff that's divisive. Right. You know, um, so. Yeah, so I, I think that's a, a great question to ask, though, is what am I conserving? Mm-hmm. Um, because if you understand we're on a road, <laughs> right? and if the current administration is one end of that road and it's a ditch that you've fallen in, you don't want to take the buggy out of that ditch and then run it across the road right. into the other ditch, mm-hmm. um, which is what... <clears throat> you know, could potentially happen if you're just a conservative Mm -hmm. and, and we're allowing, um, that to be our basis for morality. Um, we need God's word to be that standard and that's what we conserve. Mm -hmm. So I like it. All right. I'm going to deny Andy Stanley. (laughs) I think Uh, a lot of people are doing that. (laughs) Andy Stanley. I, I mean, I've denied him for over 10 years. <laughs> so um, decades. I mean, truthfully, yeah. but specifically, um, all right. So there's a guy that I follow, um, Samuel say his, uh, Twitter handle and Instagram is called slow to write. Um, but one thing that he said is, uh, specifically with Andy Stanley, he said, if you accept gay Christianity, you are denying Christ. Mm. And, um, and, and I think that's absolutely true. So Andy Stanley has recently um, been doing a series. and But one of the things that he was talking about was how American Christians have so much to learn from the, the gay Christian community, uh, that they've gone through being ostracized and being places that they didn't feel loved and welcomed, but they still pursued it and all of that. Um, my, my question to Anley Manly. My question to Andy Stanley would be, though, um, can you do that with other sins? You know, mm-hmm. can I identify as a murdering Christian or right. a rapist Christian or, you know what I mean? Like, this is what I am. This is who I am. This is how I was created. So I'm not going to change that, but I also want to be a Christian, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm a Christian that just so happens to murder people. You know, um, yeah. or I'm a, I'm a Christian that I, I you know, I rape people. Mm-hmm. Um, no, you wouldn't, you <laughs> know, no because, there. because you can't, you can't serve both. Right. You're either, you're either repentant of sin and you don't identify with that sin, uh, which is what the gay Christian community does. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I'm, I'm a homosexual, 
but I'm also a Christ follower and I love Christ and I'm seeking after him and all of that stuff. Can't minus the, <laughs> minus the repentance of sin, yeah. you know, but without repentance, there's no true forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so if I'm identifying with my sin and also claiming to be a Christian, it's, it's an oxymoron. The two don't go together. Mm-hmm. And so I liked, uh, Samuel's thing where he said, if you accept gay Christianity, you're denying Christ. Yeah. Um, uh, because Christ, the whole purpose of the gospel is that we are sinners and need cleansing of that sin. We can't go to God with our sin in hand saying, yes, I'm a murderer. Yes. I'm a thief. Yes. I'm a liar. Yes. I'm a, whatever it is, you know, um, and also, I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. We can't. The standard for being a Christian is holiness, it's purity, and that only comes through the blood of Christ. Right. But when that comes, with that transformation, is this hatred of sin, this rejection of sin, and we now identify in Christ. That's why we're adopted. We're adopted through Christ, through his blood. Um, our identity has now been... Matt, the sinner, is dead. The old has passed away. I've been made a new creation who is now identified in Christ. Mm-hmm. I can't identify with sin and identify with Christ. Right. If I identify with sin, I'm going to be found guilty of sin and go to hell. If I identify with Christ, I'm a new creation, and the blood of Christ cleanses me. So what Andy's saying is uh, a rejection of Christ. It's a rejection of the gospel. It's a... Um, rejection of all of that. And so, uh, I deny Andy Stanley and, um, would warn heavily those that are still going to his church Mm -hmm. when they're not closed down from COVID. (laughs) Well, not just that, you've got the whole thing with the, um, sufficiency of scripture issue that's been going on, uh, too. So, yeah, which those things do go though. They do relate. Right. I mean, you know, yeah. So, so um, yeah. To transition, okay, from that. Um, what's your degree in? My degree, I've got a bachelor's of science in business economics and a um, minor in finance. All right, so um, so you're a money guy. Yes, I studied money. I, st- <laughs> I went to school and studied money. <laughs> so so um, today we're going to talk about biblical finances. Most Christians today, when you talk about finances, like from a biblical perspective, a lot of the times they go to, well, the Bible says that the early church in Acts, they sold everything that they had and they were all together in one accord. Right. Um, we should strive to financially suffer for Christ, mm. right? We should get ev- give everything we have to the poor. Um, we should not desire to have worldly things. That's all bad. Right. Um, so my, my ultimate question for you is, um, is wealth a blessing or a curse? Um, well, it, it can be both. Um, right. And I know that you've kind of prepared yeah. a structure. Well, um, yeah, it kind of goes with it. Well, good. Look at that. Look at us. Um, it's like we've been doing this for over a year, 50 episodes. How about it? Yeah, 50 episodes in. 
Man. Um, no, wealth, it can be both. Um, ultimately, though, wealth has no inherent moral morality within it. Um, Meaning good or bad. Right. So um, wealth itself is... Uh, yeah, it's something that's given by God, and it is either a blessing or a curse. But that depends on the person it's given to. It depends on God's sovereignty, and it depends on the heart of the person, okay. not it, not the wealth itself, though. So, all right. Um, when we read, and I don't know if you're going to go into this or not, but part of the reason why we read what we read the, the earlier is because that is a passage that a lot of Christians. Um, that that's where we like to go to to say, see, look at this. You know, Jesus Himself is saying that you can't serve God and money. He could have said anything there, but he decided to say money. So therefore, money itself is, you know, um, inherently bad because that's what he said. Right. You know, um, <clears throat> the problem with that is that when you read the context of what he's saying, and you read the passages before, and you read the passages after. Um, <clears throat> he's teaching against the treasuring of money itself. He's teaching against the love of money itself. What okay. he's not doing is he's not teaching against money itself. So um, if I love money, if I've been given into my wealth, then it's a curse. Okay. If I have, if that is what I, I identify, like what I, what I give my identity into, like, that defines me, and that is all I seek after is wealth and money, then it's a curse. But if I realize that that wealth has been given to me by God to, be, to steward and ultimately to bless, to bless the generations after me, to bless my family, and to bless those around me in the church and the community and all of these things, um, then it's a blessing, not just for me, but for everyone around me, you know? Yeah. So... I like it. Um, all right. So how should the average American Christian think of finances? Um, I think the average American Christian should ultimately view finances as a, as a tool. Um, okay. and, and the reason is because like you were saying, if, if, those who, okay, so those who aren't in Christ and are completely given over to money, then it's not a tool. It is a, it is a curse, right? Uh-huh. Um, but if we are in Christ, if we are dead to our sin, if we, um, if sin does not have dominion over us anymore because we are alive in Christ, then money is itself a tool. Okay. And that's how we should view it. A tool that should, needs to be stewarded in the same way that we talk about guns, right? So guns are tools that, can be used to preserve life. They can be used to protect, and ultimately, they can be used to sustain an ordered society. I mean, there's big right. things that tools that guns can be used for, but then they can also be used for destruction. They can be used for malice, and they can be used for evil and, and death. Um, well, and well, that kind of goes back to the whole you know? thing where, all right, so uh, finances, wealth is a tool. Uh, a, a gun is a tool, right? Right. A lot of times when you see, uh, we recently had mass shootings that have been happening. Mm -hmm. And when you see that, instead of dealing with the sin of the individual, uh, a lot of people want to go and say, okay, now we need to make 
gun restriction a lot worse. Mm. Or um, if you see somebody that gets hit by a drunk driver, we're like, okay, um, now we need to make, you know, the drinking age go up to 25 or whatever it is, right? We like to um, focus on the tool that's being used and not the sin of the individual, the heart of the individual and, Mm. and dealing with that. Um, it's the same thing that you're saying then with finances. So gold or silver money, wealth in and of itself is not evil, but it can be a tool used for good, or it can be a tool used for evil. And instead of dealing with the heart of the person that would want to use it for good or evil, Mm -hmm. it's easier just to say money's bad. Right. Yeah. And, and when you look in scripture too, you can see different ways that wealth is given and wealth is, is, you know, ultimately being called to be laid down by somebody. So you've got Abraham was a wealthy man. Yeah. Um, David Solomon was mm-hmm. probably the wealthiest person to ever live. You right. know, um, you've got, um, so, and then the new Testament, when you've got Jesus, who's, um, you've got people coming hit to him and asking, how can I, you know, get into heaven? You've got, um, the rich young ruler and he tells yeah. him to lay down his entire wealth. Like he says to give it mm-hmm. all away to the poor. Then you've got Zacchaeus, who was also a rich man, but ultimately he gave away half his wealth. Yeah, and he was and he was righteous, but the rich young young ruler was given over to his wealth, and he was not. You right, know? and so um, <clears throat> so and and like looking at those, <clears throat> well, because then even you've got the parable of the talents, right? Right, where the master leaves and he leaves everybody with a coin and. Um, when he comes back, one guy buried his and just returns the coin to him. One guy made a profit of two coins and then one guy made a bigger profit Mm -hmm. and they all gave that back. And, um, and so what, what the Lord's telling us there is we need to be good stewards of the things that he gives us. Mm -hmm. So Abraham's a good example. Um, God blessed Abraham and part of that blessing was a uh, a financial blessing. He had a whole lot of goats and right. a whole lot of camels and a whole Job lot of, is another good example yeah. of that. Yeah. Um I mean to the point where you see Abraham when he goes after Lot who is held captive, he brings his own army. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So um he had a lot of wealth and that was a blessing from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um but his heart was right. Whereas the rich young ruler who had wealth also, his heart, which is the passage that we read, um, he was given over to the love of money. Right. Um, so, so he was covetous after the things of this world and given over to that. His heart was evil. Right. But um, Abraham was blessed by the Lord for the purpose of, of reaching people. Yeah. And I like the contrast, too, that you can really see in those two stories between Zacchaeus and the rich young ruler, where the rich young ruler, he walks away sad because of what Jesus told him he had to do. Right. Whereas Zacchaeus gladly does what Jesus told him to do, because wealth to Zacchaeus was simply something that was given to him by God. And so if God commands him to do something with it, he'll gladly do it, because Christ is his Lord. Money's not. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. So one thing that I kind of wrote down to talk about this money or wealth, it's a magnifier of the heart. Mm-hmm. So if you are given to, um, 
covetousness, if you're given to greed, if you're given to, you know, pride or vainglory, where you want to see yourself glorified, um, more money can magnify that. And, and then you're going to strive after power and you're going to strive after, you know, all kinds of things. Mm. But it's, it's because the heart of that person, money just uh, allows you to magnify what's already in your heart. But if you're seeking after the Lord and you're dying daily to sin and you're confessing sin and you're in the word and the word is shaping your desires and your mind and your heart and the Lord blesses you financially, um, then you can use that for great good too. Right. Because I, I think most people are scared of wealth. Yeah. Most American Christians, um, they're, they're, they're scared of wealth or they desire it too much. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but if we're seeking after the Lord and the Lord chooses to bless us, reaching people with the gospel is expensive. Yes. You know? Um, I mean, just look at our, our, our podcast here, you know, um, what we're doing has cost us money Mm. to do that, but we do it because it's an investment that we want to make. We want to invest in getting the gospel to people that haven't heard it, Mm. you know? Um, but if we want to do anything else, if we want to go bigger and beyond that, then it's going to take us investing more money, you know? Um, when you think of bigger, you know, these, um, ministries that are are reaching a lot of people, it takes a lot of money. You've got Mm -hmm. employees, you've got all kinds of gear, you've got all kinds of, you know, building spaces, you've got, you know what I mean? So like it takes money and it, that's why Abraham was blessed. Right. Mm -hmm. Another example is when Moses, God used Moses to deliver the people from Egypt. They didn't leave poor. The Egyptians gave them their gold, gave them their silver, gave them animals, gave them donkeys, gave them, you know what I mean? Right. Gave them all this stuff. So Israel left a wealthy country, a wealthy people, because God was with them and God was blessing them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and so to build a civilization, it costs money. And so there are going to be people that are going to be wealthy in your church. And you can't go to them and say, hey, you've got a lot of money. The Bible said it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter right. heaven. You need to sell all your money, mm-hmm. you know, or give it away. Right. Um, that's not true. What that is saying is that people who have much money, it's it's more, uh, it's easier for them to to trust in and rely on that money mm-hmm. than it is them to trust and rely on the Lord. Um, but that's not to say anybody who has money is not going to heaven. Right. You know, because then you're saying, well. Abraham's not in heaven. Right. Job's not in heaven. Um, so, um, uh, you know, looking at Abraham, part of God's promise to Abraham was, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. Mm-hmm. Um, those that are a blessing to God's people, the Lord blesses them. Those that are a curse to God's people, the Lord curses them. Right. You know, um, look at our nation. Like right now, uh, we're a nation under the judgment of God, and eggs cost like eight bucks. You know our nation I mean? is thirty-one trillion dollars in debt. Right. I mean, yeah, that's insanity. And, and, but, but but that's part of that. Right. You know, yeah. uh, we were a nation founded on biblical principles, and as a a nation. Um, 
they've decided to reject that, mm-hmm. and we want to do things uh, apart from God, and we're seeing that that doesn't work. Um, if you reject him, if you curse him, he will curse us, right. you know? And um, so God's gifts can be used, um, but they can also be abused and they can be misused, right? you know? Um, so like one thing that I wrote down here is good things used in the wrong context become a curse. Yep. So if I use something that God made that was good and I use it in the wrong context, it can be a curse, mm-hmm. right? Um, so the example is uh, Adam and Eve in the garden. God looked at everything that was made and saw that it was good. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil was in the garden, and that was good, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but that good thing was misused, and Eve ate of which she was not supposed to eat, and then that became for her bad, right. you know? Um, and then... Adam did the same thing. Um, and, and, and so, you know, when we use good things uh, and we misuse them in the wrong context, that can become a curse. Mm-hmm. And um, so, uh, but, you know, I think, too, when the Bible talks about worldliness and, and pursuing worldliness, I think this conversation kind of goes to that as well because – Worldliness, as the Bible talks about it, is pursuing the world in a way that we were not intended to, right? So um, God has told us to pursue the world. Right. That's that's Matthew 28. We've talked about that. <clears throat> all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. Teach them to obey all I've commanded you. Like there's a call to go and to... Uh, call them to repentance, teach them to obey, baptize them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, But when we pursue the world, like I've said, uh, with a covetous heart or with self-pride, you know, um, or or with with that desire to bring glory to myself, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, I'm I'm on. Instagram, I'm on TikTok, and I see everybody's got this whatever, you know, the nicest car or the nicest clothes or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then I want that because I want to fit in with people. Right. Um, Then I'm pursuing the world in which I was not intended to pursue it. Right. I should be pursuing Christ first and foremost and desiring to look like him, sound like him, think like him. Um, and, And then while doing that, I can still you know, desire to have a a car that is dependable, a car that gets my family where they need to go, a house that is, you know, going to provide for me. You know what I mean? Like, um, just to say I need to live in a shack and I shouldn't have a vehicle, you know, because then I'm too attached to the things of this world. Um, that's not what the Bible's calling us to. Mm -hmm. Um, but the Bible is calling us to seeking after the Lord, right. you know? So, uh, I should be pursuing the world, um, for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of glory, God being glorified. Um, and part of that is that as a Christian that's seeking the Lord, he's going to bless us and we can have nice things, right. you know? That's part of the blessing of money. Right. You know, I mean, it, it, I think that's one thing that is <clears throat> unfortunate in in the uh, Christian world is, and in, in the other thing is, 
I think it comes from you hear stories of like the woman who um, gave all that she had at the temple when she yeah. made her offering. She had like one penny and like yeah. she gave it and that's all she had to live on. And Jesus was saying this woman gave more than all of these rich people who gave money. Well, that story has a purpose. The purpose is showing that this woman was so dependent on God that she offered to him all she had, you know? Yeah. But well, what that does what that doesn't mean. <laughs> well, I think that story you know? it's it's showing also the parable of the treasure in the field. Right. Right? So the guy finds the treasure in the field and then sells everything that he has to buy that treasure mm-hmm. because he understood the worth of the treasure in the field was far more valuable than all of the worldly possessions that he had. Right. You know, and so that woman is showing that mm-hmm. um, she understands that following after Christ is more valuable than even right. her next meal. Right. You know, and, and so she's willing to do that. And Christ sees her heart and recognizes it, mm-hmm. you know, right. Um, and and so, but what were well, you going to say? Well, I was just going to say what I think that people instead can sometimes get from stories like that is that, you know, anyone who has money is not as, you know, or anyone who's wealthy is not as like, uh, I guess you can say. Holy. Holy as someone who is driving around like, you know. A car that's not as nice because they don't have as much money. Right. You know what I mean? Or like that person is holier than the one who has money. Yeah. Because you know what I mean? And so I think it's an unfortunate thing because what what it creates is it creates Christians who and like we were saying before, it creates Christians who strive to not have money. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like we strive to Well and I think there's a lot of people too. Um I don't know. Part of that I, I think part is um soteriology part is eschatology like right. end times how we're saved all that stuff but i think there's a lot of people that think of this world as bad right right and so we just need almost like uh the monks of old and the nuns you know we just need to close ourselves off from the things of this world we need to chase after piety and just be in our bibles with our head down until the Lord takes us to be with him, mm-hmm. you know, but that's not what Paul did. Right. You know, like when Paul said to live as Christ, to die as gain, to live as Christ, meaning I'm invading the world around me with the truth of the gospel, you know, and to do that, I'm tent making and I'm going and asking churches to, to provide for me and I'm doing all of these right. things. Um, but I'm partaking in the world around me mm-hmm. and changing it to look more like Christ. Right. Everywhere he went, he was changing it to look more like Christ, even to the point that when he went to Rome, the Praetorian guards, which are like, you know, we've talked about this before, but like the the secret service type guards in mm-hmm. Caesar's house are being transformed by the gospel. Yeah. And, and Paul, even in one of his letters says, the Praetorian guards greet you in Christ. Like mm-hmm. there are those that are coming to faith in Christ, right. even within Caesar's house and mm-hmm. they greet you as brothers, you know? So like everywhere Paul's going, he's invading with the truth of the gospel. Right. Um, and, and so, um, you know, I, I think what we need to first eliminate is the idea that if I'm pursuing, um, good things, in this world that I'm not looking 
to my heavenly home. Right. You know, but all right. So how do we kick back though against the prosperity gospel? Because you would reject the prosperity gospel. Yes or no? Yes. Okay. So how is what we're saying? Not exactly what they're saying. Because, um, ultimately, um, the Lord is sovereign in giving what he pleases. Right. Okay. And so, um, so first and foremost, we can't necessarily, uh, heap up <laughs> like God's blessing for ourselves. Right. It, we can, we can, you know, be faithful. And if he chooses to bless us, he does. But if he doesn't, then there are things that ultimately we should seek ahead of wealth. Yeah. Um, so, so we can't define how God blesses us. Right. Whether it's financially or with a, a big family right. or with. So I was listening, uh, I was listening to something today and I think we've probably both listened to it, but it's when Douglas Wilson was talking about finances uh-huh. and he was saying, one should seek to be wise and poor rather than rich and foolish. Okay. You know, so you seek things, you seek wisdom above wealth. You seek faithfulness above wealth. You seek, um, uh, good standing above wealth. Um, ultimately you seek your testimony above wealth. So if yeah. you've got to, if you've got to do something that's cringy or you got to do something that's slimy in order to attain more money, you can't, <laughs> you right. know? Yeah. Um, and, and, but ultimately, <clears throat> Wealth comes under a lot of things to the point that if one of those things should be sacrificed so that you can have more wealth, you've got to sacrifice the wealth. Right. You have to sacrifice the yeah. wealth. Um, and so that's kind of the difference. That's the kickback, in and, my opinion. And, and you know, also, it's not the driving force. Right. Right. So I know uh, with people our age, there's been this big push to be entrepreneurial and mm-hmm. you are a brand and you need to be pushing your brand. And if you do this then you're going to get noticed and you can get sponsorships and you can ma- start building your wealth. Right? right. So there's a lot of people that are podcasters or YouTubers or, um, TikTokers, just influencers, right. you know, and and they're doing it specifically for the purpose of making money. Right. Um, the people that got popular doing it were doing it for the purpose of helping people, mm-hmm. you know. And then they started gathering uh, all of these followers, and then businesses started saying, wow, you've got a whole lot of followers. Will you endorse this product? Mm-hmm. And if you do, we'll pay you a bunch of money. Um, and so then people are like, wow, so-and-so is getting paid lots of money for just – doing helpful videos on YouTube. I want to do that now. Mm-hmm. Um, but they weren't doing it for the same purpose of helping people. They were doing it for the purpose of getting a lot of followers so that I can start getting money. So then you started seeing like trending YouTube videos being, how can I get a hundred thousand followers? How can I right. get a million followers? How can I get this and that? Not because they're actually caring about the people that are following them, but they're caring about what that gives them. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what the Bible's talking about with all of this, yeah. right? If God chooses to bless me so that he can use me to be a blessing to more people, then that's his choice. Mm-hmm. But that's not the driving factor in my decision making. Right. My driving factor is looking more like Christ on a daily basis. Pick up my cross and follow him. And, and then if he chooses to give financial blessing, 
then that's the heart of a person that's going to take it and use it because right. they're seeking after him. But if I became a Christian um, because I want to make money, you know, right. which is a, a, a big, and There's, this is a whole, that's, yeah. <laughs> a, a big thing that I yeah. have is the, the Christian music industry. Yeah. There's, There's a lot of money to be made. Tons and, of people yeah. that are, are marketing Christians. And if you look at the lives they're living, right? they're, 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 they're not showing fruit. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. everybody that's a Christian artist is not, but like, listen to most of the words on Christian radio stations. And it's all this like fluffer nutter, just <laughs> crud. Right. You know what I mean? It's empty. It's empty words. It's, uh, it's all about feeling and emotion. And you know what I mean? There's no, mm-hmm. there's no, uh, sustenance to it. There's no meat of the theology of the word of God in it, it's just all this like feelings and fire and oceans and well, it, rain. And, and, or like you know, talking about certain battles that we face in the Christian walk, which ultimately are, I don't know. It's easy to sit and and observe a Christian and write about their life, and right. I feel like that's what most of the people do is they sit and observe. What do Christians often talk about when they pray? What do they talk about when they're asking for prayer requests? And then let's write a song about that. Yeah. You know and, I mean? and and what's going to be, you know, right now it's, I need to write the next, uh, praise and worship song that everybody's going to start singing, right. you know, I, uh, that all the churches are going to pick up and mm-hmm. all of that. Um, but, but that's my point. Like if I'm doing that for the purpose of selling more of my music, then I'm doing it for the wrong reason. Right. You know? Um, so, so all of that going back to wealth, going back to finances, if the desire of my heart is to get more money, um, then the desire of my heart is selfish and sinful. If the desire of my heart is to glorify God in all that I do, and he chooses to bless me financially, um, then that can be a blessing, right? you know, but if the Lord blesses me, so like a a great example of this is when God blesses Egypt in the desert, right? you know, he's financially blessed them and now they're in the desert and the money doesn't help at all Mm -hmm. in the desert. You know, they've got all this wealth, they've got all this stuff, but I need water and Mm -hmm. I need to eat. And so then God blesses them and birds fall out of the sky and they get to go out in the desert and pick them up and eat them every day. Right. And then bread falls out of the sky and manna, mm-hmm. you know, and they get to collect it. And, um, and so they have heavenly bread and heavenly meat to eat every single day. You know, mm-hmm. God is blessing them. God is providing for them. But he says, I want you to trust me and every single day go out, don't collect more than you can eat in a day. And if you do, then it rotted and turned into worms and all of that, right. you know? Um, but when we heap up God's blessing and hoard it to ourselves, that's what it does. It rots, mm-hmm. you know? And um, so, you know, uh, Cotton Mather, who was a Puritan, uh, this quote I, I really like, and it, and it goes to what we're talking about, but he said, faithfulness begot prosperity and the daughter devoured the mother. So, Faithfulness to the Lord births prosperity. God blesses those who bless him, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but then prosperity, who is birthed by faithfulness, devoured the mother. 
when you look at the American culture, when you look at us as a nation, that's what's happened. Mm-hmm. You know, we were a nation that was um, faithful to the Lord, faithful to his word, and he's blessed us. And one of the ways that he blessed us was financially, right. you know, um, we are a financially blessed people. The American people are. Um, that's why so many people want to come to our country because there's all of this opportunity for uh, financial blessings. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've squandered it and we've hoarded it to ourselves. Right. And uh, and then you become the people on Wally who are up on the space station, right. and you're just now you're so fat that you have no bone and no density to yourself that you you know you just waddle um, around in those chairs. But that's us in God's in God's prosperity. We've just like um, we've become totally gluttonous in the prosperity of God, mm-hmm. and we've just hoarded it for ourselves because. It, the the focus has now become inward on us. Well, God's given us this, not how can I use this to further glorify him, but how can I now use this to bring me glory? Right. You know? And, um, and so the daughter, prosperity, has devoured the mother of faithfulness in mm-hmm. the American people. And so I think a good way for the American church to think biblically about finances is to stop seeking after prosperity and start seeking after faithfulness. Right. And then let God do what he's going to do. Right. You know, because if I'm faithful to him and he chooses to bless me, that's great. But it might not be financially. That's the thing is it, it kind of goes back to what we were saying about how we should be seeking certain things over, over wealth. Right. I would rather be blessed with wisdom than wealth. I would yeah. rather be blessed with contentment than wealth. I'd rather be blessed with faith. I'd rather be blessed with faith than wealth. Health. Health. Than family. Wealth. Right. Like I mean, all, there's a ton of, a ton of things that, that goes above wealth as far as right. what we should rather be blessed with. Yeah. Now, if the Lord chooses us to bless us with wealth, then we are to steward that. We are to, you know, use that as the yeah. Lord calls us to. But ultimately, um, when we read about things like, so like when you, like when you even said, like God blesses people who bless him, the initial thought of a Christian is going to be like, well, that sounds prosperity gospel-like. Right. But it's not because ultimately that's exactly what happens. Even when we're just abiding in God's word, you know. The fact Um, that I'm desiring to seek after and bless and glorify the Lord shows that my heart is not inwardly focused. Right. And so, um, so he then chooses to give blessing to those people. Right which are going to be better stewards of it than if he gave it to somebody else who desires it, who's greedy and who's covetous and who's, you know what I mean? And ultimately it's going to get buried. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like, I think a good ender is to go back to where we started then. So Matthew six, when it's saying, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break and steal for where your treasure is there, your heart will be also what he's saying there is not that it's bad if you have treasures here, but what he's saying there is if your if your joy and your happiness and everything that you're seeking after is in the creation rather than the creator, then 
all of that's going to be destroyed. Right. You know, you cannot take it with you. Uh, when you stand before God after you've died, you will be fully held accountable for everything that you've done and everything you've been seeking after. Um, and, and, and so the things that you're seeking after can easily be destroyed and they're all going to rust and they're going to, it's going to end up going back to the earth. God created all of these things. They come from the earth and it's all going back to the earth. Mm -hmm. Um, like even if you think of like the brand new top of the line Tesla, you know, like everything there came from the earth. Um, whether it's the, the, the rubber or the metal or the plastic, like all of that stuff originated from things of the earth and in a thousand years it will be back into the earth like god mm-hmm. has created all of that right. you know um which is really cool when you think about it because right. you think of well yeah god god created these things but like now we've got computers and we've got all this stuff that we've created but no i mean that all comes from right the earth you know mm-hmm. um the batteries that we have they're pulling it out of the the tesla cars to keep them right going there it's using way more earthly material than the fossil fuels right we use that's <laughs> <laughs> true but um yeah. but so it all comes from the lord and and so if we're worshiping and seeking after the creation that which he made rather than the one that made it our hearts already were, were, were serving and loving an idol, mm-hmm. you know, and, and people can make money an idol if we worship it. Right. Um, so the problem with the prosperity gospel is it, it, it causes people to worship money. You know, if you follow Jesus, you will make more money. If you follow Jesus, you will have a better life. If you follow Jesus, he will do this. If you give to Jesus, he will give to you tenfold. You know what I mean? Um, What that's doing is it's saying, okay, I'm going to do this not because of a love for who Christ is, but a love of what he will give me. Mm -hmm. That's what everybody did when Jesus was on the earth. They saw him healing and they saw him doing and they wanted that for themselves. And Jesus saw their heart and he knew that their heart was selfish and wicked, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And, and, uh, but that's that's what the prosperity gospel is doing. It's it's looking at Jesus as this lottery ticket that I can cash in. Right. But that's not what Christ is, and that's not what biblical finance and wealth should be. This mm-hmm. desire to just make myself greater. Um, it, but so the call is to worship the Creator, to seek after Christ, and if He chooses to bless us financially, or if He chooses to bless us with you know, a wonderful family or he chooses to bless us with health or he chooses to bless us with all of these other things, you know? Um, but he doesn't give us financial blessing, then count it as joy because we could have squandered it, Right? you know? Um, the Lord knows what he's doing. Um, so that, that's my thoughts. You got anything else? No, I mean, I think that's, you know, it's a pretty good way to end it. Um, yeah, I can't really say much else other than that. I mean, that that ultimately is the heart of what we're talking about as far as biblical finances goes. I mean, there's so many different ways that fleshes itself out, but as far as how you handle your money or how you run your business or how you act as an employee, right. how you do all these different things um, in your vocation, um, 
but ultimately that's the root of it, you know? Yeah. And it's so, so like you're going back to seek first the kingdom of God and these things shall be added to you. Mm -hmm. You know, if we're seeking the kingdom, the Lord will add whatever he chooses to add, but we're not seeking those things first. Right. We're seeking after him and his kingdom. Mm-hmm. And and then what he adds, he chooses to do so out of his love, wisdom, grace, and mercy. Right. You know? So that should be the heart of the Christian. Um, we're not scared of finances. We're not scared of wealth. We're not scared of all these things, but we're not pursuing it. We're pursuing Christ. Yeah. And if he leads us into that, then we count it as a blessing and we use it for his glory. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. All right. Well, if you're still here, uh, we appreciate you being here. Hope that you're having a good Lord's Day. And we will see you next week with episode 51. Mm, Downhill slide to 100. Almost there. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Well, bye-bye. 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 Bye.